Hi, I'm Tyler Yules. Welcome to How the Grades Do It. You know we're back with another episode of How the Grades Do It. I like that. I think I'm going to do that from now on. Super excited for our guest today. You know me, Tyler Yules. I am your host of How the Grades Do It. We have Yeshua Bell. He's director of sales at Mad Mobile. Yeshua, thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, Tyler. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Tell us what you're up to at Mad Mobile and, and a little bit about what you guys do in the space that you're serving. Yeah, so Mad Mobile is a company about uh, 12, year, 12 years old. I actually came over from an acquisition. Um, I guess that would have been about three years now. Time is uh, surely flying. Um, yep. but, uh, I represent the, uh, the the restaurant side of the business and the cake point of sale, focusing on independent uh, restaurants, uh, helping them out with their with their technology. Uh, we were originally acquired by Cisco Foods in 2017, and then uh, over to Mad Mobile here, uh, right in the middle of COVID. <laughs> A lot of happened um, to you, I think, during that COVID time period. And so uh, before we get into that, like, I'd love to hear, like, how did you even get into sales? Yeah, so it's been uh, it's been a long road. Um, right out of high school, I got into selling personal electronics. Um, that was what interested me at the time, moved over to automotive industry. Um, and then well, roughly about 15 years ago, I uh, was introduced to a marketing firm, started off in business development, which was an intro into uh, all things SaaS and kind of took on uh, the, the tech industry from there. And I've actually been with Cake, uh, now owned by Mad Mobile, um, for about 11 years. Yeah. I love that. And so there's been some transition, right? Like original Cake, right? Acquired by Cisco then divested by Cisco to Mad Mobile. And so a lot of shifting tides, I think, throughout that entire period. Like, how did you, you know, how did you stay um, quick on your feet, like adjustable and, and be able to continue to grow with the company? Yeah, it's been been quite a ride because when I started with with Cake, uh, which was actually leap set in the time uh, uh, in 2012, um, extremely small startup out of uh out of silicon valley i started off as their first inside sales rep so as an ic uh came on kind of figured out how to how to move the the mountains so to speak um but uh really took off and and found some success early on kind of moved into a, a management role later on and really found um comfort uh and and just a lot of um i don't know i just i find that leadership is my lane uh i i really do thrive off of kind of teaching and mentoring and coaching um new upcoming you know kick-ass sales reps <laughs> i love that you know we're you know so you, you start off a cake as a as a um as a, you know their first inside salesperson and and slowly slept into a leadership role. Is that something that you like were always looking for, or is it something that like someone saw potential in you early on in your in your sales career and said, hey, like he's potential potential future leader, and then they, maybe they started grooming you. I don't know. I'd love you to maybe tell me a little bit. Tell me the story. Yeah. No, it didn't. It didn't 
quite happen like that. I mean, I really got into sales because I thought it was a, a lucrative option. And yeah. I was fine being a top performing sales rep for many years, you know, had some As most some of interviews. us are. <laughs> like, hey, this is going great. I'm selling stuff. I'm making money. I'm having a good time. You know, I get to take people out to lunch for a living. It's not a bad life. Yeah. And, and I really, I did appreciate it. You know, I liked, you know, being customer facing. Um, I thrived off of that engagement um, and was, you know, slowly but surely given opportunities to lead uh, teams and, and be that player coach. Yeah. And, and with that opportunity of being able to kind of mentor again, the, the up and coming reps, um, I saw that, wow, this is actually something that really interests me. Um, and and yeah. kind of, you know, aside of aside from kind of wanting to maybe chase a title, but really just given the ability to spread the wealth, right, and teach yep. other, you know, other reps what I've learned and and what helped make me successful, and then with that, learning a lot from them and and different, you know, sales strategies as well. Yeah, no, I love that. We're was was there like a, a turning point at some point that really um, gave you the outlook that you have currently? Like, was there something that happened that gave you a, a, a certain approach to sales or did that something that just kind of developed over time? No, hundred percent. It was a, it was a breakdown. Yeah. It was a breakdown, you know, sales. It is, um, it feels a lot in the moment. Like it's a sprint. But yeah. if you're trying to do it and you're trying to do it for the long haul, you have to be a marathon runner and you have to know, you know, there's time to push some activities. There's also times that you need to feed yourself. So I'm huge on mindfulness. Um, I've done mindfulness meditation practices with my team. I'm big on feeding what's going on in the head, making sure that, you know, I'm in the right mindset. Because yeah. I drove myself into a hole pretty early on and, and realized that, you know, it's not just about picking up the phone, smile and dial and, and pressing on. Sometimes you kind of need to step away and make sure that you're in the, in the right frame of mind. And so I preach that to my team and make sure that, hey, if you're not in the mood, that's okay. Recognize that early. Yeah. Go walk your dog. Go, you know have a have a lunch do something else make sure that you gather yourself and you're in the right frame of mind so that you can give you know the most to to the customers to yourself to your family yeah. you know overall do you you know i love this idea of like mindfulness because you're right right like this this sales game that we're all playing whether you're in a leadership role whether you're in a producing role like it's a stressful job and i think right like we're all getting thrown curveballs and trying to figure out how we deal with them like, what are some tips that you give your team to say, like, if you're not in the state of, state of mind, like, are there a few tips or tricks that you give them to say, these are a few few activities that you can do to kind of like help open things up? Because ultimately you're right, right? Like as a salesperson, especially today, um, you may only have a few bats a day where you're going to get a customer on the line, especially if you're an outbound rep. And you got to be 100% on those times where you, when you, when you get to go to bat, right? And um, we think about uh, uh, baseball players, right? Like if they're hitting a quarter of the time, they're killing it. If they're hitting 30% of the time, but if we said the same thing to our sales reps, like if you're only hitting 30%, that's not great, right? And so, I know, I mean, on the flip side of that, right? It's we're missing 70% or 75% of the time. And so 
I'd love to hear your thoughts there and if, if you have some ticks and trips um, for people out there. Yeah. It all, I mean, it's something I've been practicing for a long time. I was, I was encouraged a few years back at a gong conference and hearing Steve Kerr talk about, uh, you know, doing this with Phil Jackson and with his yeah. team and, you know, how many, how many championships he's won. So he's definitely, uh, uh, you know, a mentor of mine and somebody that I look up to. Um, but it starts, Tyler, with recognition right? You have to be able to recognize where you're at. And this isn't something that you're just able to pick up necessarily. Yeah. This is a, this is a practice, right? That you have to kind of go through the motions and just do a check-in and like, how do I feel? Do I want to be making these phone calls right now? Right? If I end yeah. up talking to somebody, are they going to get the best version of me? You know, and that's both with, with customers as well as, um, you know, with, Coworkers, frankly, yeah. I mean, this is definitely something that can that we can use, uh, you know, across the board, even you know, with our with our family members as well. But I think it really starts with with recognition, and then once you recognize, hey, like I may not necessarily be in the right headspace, then do something you love, right? Do something you love, and it doesn't necessarily be that. like, hey, I'm checking out for the next two weeks because I <laughs> yeah. love Peace to go out. on vacation. <laughs> I love to go on vacation, but it, you know, just something. It's just something small um, in the office now more, uh, a lot more than I was, uh, you know, maybe five years ago. But for me, it was taking my dog on a walk, you know, going and throwing the ball with with my with my boy. Um, just something outside. I think even a small dose of some vitamin D. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it hey. helps getting some sun on your face, man. It's the small things. I love that. And, you know, so you, you talk about like recognition being the first thing and I think a lot of times other people can see when we're in a funk before we can, they're like, something's wrong. Right. And so as a sales leader, like, I think that's easy to do with our family members. It'd be like, I see you every day. Something's different. Let's talk, let's chat about it. Right. But especially in this remote environment that we're all working in, or, or maybe you, you do see someone every day, like it's a little bit harder to catch up on an employee. So like, how are you touching base with employees so that you may be able to catch up before they can? Or are there leading indicators that you look at, um, or whether that's activity or whatever leading indicator you um, you have to say, hey, maybe this person's struggling and I need to spend a little extra time with them. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great question. Um, I listen to a lot of calls, you know. Yeah. Um, even even and almost especially my top reps can get into a funk. Right. Because yeah. they they are used to being successful and they thrive off of that. And I get that. Right. Because that was me. Um, how to navigate that. Right. It's it's again, first, it's recognition. And then it's second. It's like being willing to kind of just step away and do the things yeah. needed to 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 move past that. Um, I mentioned earlier uh, that I also learned from my team on a regular basis. And, and that's something that I love. It's like, how are yeah. you able to do these things? And I have a rep uh, right now, in fact, that said that at a previous job, they had a, a, a manager that told them that they have 24 hours, right? So whatever it is, which Jeez, may man. seem like a long time, yeah. but I'm talking about real disappointment, yeah. right? Yeah. Really being disappointed. You lost a huge deal. There was something that you have a gripe about. 
I'm going to give you, we'll say some set amount of time for yeah. you to feel that and get over it. Right. To, to, to process that. Yeah. And I, because he was having some hardships and he was having some conversations with me that I was like, man, this is, this is hard. And I know it. I know yeah. that it's a hard yeah. conversation that we're having. And he was like, yeah, but yeah, guess what? Like, I'm going to just sit on this for 24 hours and then I'm going to move on. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Love that. Love that That's mentality. what I love. That's what I love yeah. because, you know, and I, I talk about this with my family. I talk about this with, with my team is that you can't, you can't always control the things that happen to you. Right. Yeah. We can't control the situations that we were born in, socioeconomics, right, genetics. A lot of these things are predisposed. But what you can control is your perspective, right? And that's what I try to focus on. What are the things that I can actually influence and control and stay focused on yep. those and really just try to move past the things that I can't necessarily control because it's just going just gonna to drive you crazy in the long run. <laughs> I think that's spot on, right? Like if we all took that that long distance approach, right? Or that, hey, we, we, we all have problems, right? We all know we have problems. And we all have that saying like, hey, you can you can dwell on it, right? Or you can move past it, right? But I think you're right, right? Like sometimes we need a little time to dwell on it. But giving us a set amount of time to say, hey, we're going to deal with this in the way that I need to, right? And I'm going to only focus on this and, and I'm going to live in the moment. But after that, I'm going to leave it where it was and in the moment yesterday, right? At 24 hours, I'm ready to roll. That's locked. That's to get logged back in and go. And I think that's easy. It's always easier said than done. I think with anything. And so I think the hard part is as a leader, right? Is being able to lead in a way that, uh, that your rest will let you. But the only way you can do that is like by building trust with them. And so like, I'd love to hear some of the ways that you're building trust with the team and, and helping kind of build that way so that it's a two-way street, right? Like, it's like, there's vulnerability in saying, I'm struggling. But there's also strength in asking for help. And so I'd love to hear, like, how you kind of foster that that um, that environment. Yeah. So Merriam-Webster just announced that their word, the official word, I think, based on some search history, their word for 2023 was authenticity. So true. (laughs) Authenticity. And I think when it comes down to transparency, when it comes down to building rapport with people, regardless of whether they are reporting to you or friends, is you got to be authentic. You got to be, right? Otherwise, Otherwise, everything that you're saying, I mean, I could be pouring myself into somebody, but if they don't really feel that authenticity, right, how much of it is actually being heard? So I think for me, that's, that's, that's who you are dealing with when you're dealing with Yeshua, you're dealing with authenticity through and through to a fault, Tyler, (laughs) sometimes, right. To a fault, but you know what, that's, that's who I am. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's yep. who i am so um the heart, the heart sits here you know how i feel right you're <laughs> never gonna have to guess how i'm feeling or what i'm thinking yeah. right i'll tell you without you asking it's a it, it i call it um the best thing and the worst thing about me it's like you're there's no not growth with people like you and i right because we're gonna say it 
but we're going to say it in the most loving way, but it, it's like, it, it is there. And for all the people that are listening, right? Like think about the most successful person that you've met in your career, like silence. That person was a hundred percent authentic. They were that they were there, the person a hundred percent of the time as weird and as quirky as they were, but they killed it because they were a hundred percent them. And it was, a lot of times they would say something in a meeting. It was like, we'd make jokes about it as a company. It's like only that person could say that because it was a hundred percent authentic and it was taken in that way. And so I think how, also, I think I, also too yeah. being, being, being open to feedback. I think coming to the table, knowing, Hey, these are my strengths. Yeah. I'm really, really interested in growth. I'm really interested in, in progressing and improving and making myself better. How can I yeah. do that? Right. And being open to that feedback. What would, what would you, yeah. Well, what would you say to the person that says, Hey, like coming and saying, Hey, yes. Or like, these are the things that I'm not good at. And they would say, Hey, like that, I don't want to do that because then it's like, you're supposed to be good at everything in your job. Or maybe that's the preconceived notion. And I think maybe us as sales leaders, like we expect you, like we know you're not good at everything at your job. Like we want you to ask for help. And so maybe you can share some ways that you give the team opportunity to ask for help. And, and like what ways are, have you found to be the, the best way um, in the ways that you do that? Lead by example. Yeah. Ask them for I'll help let, first. I'll let, I, I, yeah. Absolutely. I let, I let my team know and have done this for, for many years. Let them know that like, hey, I'm not perfect. Yeah. But I'm motivated to get better. And yeah, I I don't have any shortcomings in in the sense that I'm coming to you thinking that I'm perfect, right? Yeah. Give me the feedback, and it and it's gonna be different for different people, right? One person I may need to interact with on a certain level that another person may not necessarily need to. Yeah. You know, so it's it, that's on an individual basis, but I think for me it's about coming to the table and. And being open to feedback and knowing that, right, if I have the desire and I'm a fairly intelligent individual, right, and if I put the work in that I'm going to be moving forward and it's about progress, yeah. not perfection, right, we continue to get better every day. Yeah, that this this idea of continuous improvement continues to push along. Um and it and it totally makes sense you know it reminds me of a story uh of a person named chris nickage he he his idea is that you need to get one percent better every single day and he's the first person to complete an iron man as a um with a person with down syndrome and so i worked out with chris barely early on early on in this process where he could barely do a push-up and then to go to compete in this 12-hour event or this 16-hour event and and complete and be the first person um to do it in, in his position is is just wild but it, it is that idea of continuous improvement to go from zero to 16 hours that's a journey right but it's to, it, that didn't happen overnight you and i both know that so when we can relate it to sales and the sales journey right like persistency is key i'd rather find someone that works hard and is coachable than the most skilled salesperson out there. Yeah, stubborn is hard to work with. 
yeah. stubborn desire yeah. to work with. And I probably know it better than anybody. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, it's right. hard, right? So, cause I would say your, your best salespeople are maybe some, some of the most stubborn, right? It's because yeah. they maybe stick to their guns a little bit more. And, and so like, what would you say to that? Like is, Hey, you, you want me to be me, right? But you want me to be coachable. And so like, what would you say to the person that says, Hey, like, I love your coaching advice. Like, I think it's great, but then it de- that doesn't, that doesn't feel like me, right? Like, what, what, would, what would your feedback be to them? I would first acknowledge that I understand stubborn, right? Because I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talk to, talk to anybody that knows me, right? Like I, yeah, I get yeah. it. Um, but with that being said, recognize right? Try to improve, try to be more open yeah. to feedback. And then also, I think from, from my standpoint, right? From a leadership standpoint, it's about also not being stubborn on this end too. Because if I have a new yeah. rep that has a way of doing something, even though I may think that I know it better, the way, the way I, uh, I guess, uh, process this information or communicate to that rep is, if their way is working, then yeah. everybody's going to do it their way. So it's a yep. meeting of the minds, right? I just want to be successful. I want you as an IC to be successful. And if and if what you're doing is outside of anything that I've seen or coached or trained people to do, if that if I see what you're doing is successful, then everybody's going to want to do what you're doing. Right? Yeah, sure, sure. So yeah, I, you know, I feel I think, like it's it's fair. It's fair for both, you know, for both people. It's like we all are moving in the same direction. We have a shared yeah. vision. You know, it's funny that you say that, right? Because I think five years ago, we as sales leaders, it was more maybe a, like you had to fit more in a box, right? And even 10 years ago, right? It's like it was definitely a box that you needed to fit into, right? And if you didn't fit that box, it was like, hey, you're probably not a good fit here. Um, But now, right, I think this idea of a true leader and not manager right and we're trying to shift these people into the best them and not the best us and ultimately us as sales leaders like we're not telling you to change something if it's working right if it's working maybe we're going to transition other people do the same thing but when you know it's when you're struggling when you're not working it's having that humility and that vulnerability to go and ask for help so as we as sales leaders can um you know, one way that I, I think I found, and I'd love to hear feedback on it, is um, is so I, I always did one team meeting. So I did I did two team meetings, one with me there, one with me not there, and then um, one-on-ones with each person every single week, right? And and so that was some of the ways that I was able to get the best feedback from the team. But love to hear from you and, like, the structure that works for you because I think it's a little bit different for each team and maybe depending on if they're remote or not. Yeah, it's a new age that we're living in. Um, I have a, a mixed team, some in office that I get to interact with on a, you know, on a daily basis and others that yeah. are remote that I don't see their face for years on end. Um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely I like to mix it up. You know, I like to keep uh, keep things fresh, um, whether it's getting, you know, senior reps in to kind of give us a lay of the land, how are they approaching things, um, but make sure that people feel recognized, making sure that they feel highlighted. Um, same same thing with one-on-ones, right? My one-on-ones don't necessarily look the same 
on a week to week basis. Sometimes we're doing pipeline review. Uh, sometimes I'm going over specific calls. Um, you know, what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing maybe from other reps, right? Talk tracks or the way things are being positioned. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of just addressing what's, what's needed at the time. No, that totally makes sense. You know, you, you've sold to, um, you know, you've, you've worked for cake or, you know, this corporation for a really long time doing what you've been doing. Um, has the approach changed or like, as you've kind of gone to different customers or is the approach kind of stayed the same? And I'd love to kind of hear what that approach maybe looks like. Um, and what we're and what's working for you guys. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, you know, a decade ago, uh, there was still a lot of uh, independent. Yeah, right. There was still a lot of independent restaurants that were using cash registers. Right. I mean, everything yeah. was on paper. They didn't necessarily appreciate the the data, and it was a it was a very you know consultative approach. Um, the market wasn't as saturated, right? We had uh, yeah. a lot less competitors. So yeah, it's a, it's a different experience today than it was 10 years ago. I would say overall buyers are coming to the table. They're a lot more informed. They know they need our product. Um, but yeah, with that being said, it's a it's a crowded space, <laughs> right? We yeah. have uh, it, we have a you know tons of competitors and uh, yeah, so it's a it, it's 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 quite a battle. <laughs> it's a little bit different of a game, you know. And you dealing with a customer, I think that's a lot more informed is is maybe a little bit more difficult because they don't want to go through a sales a process because they feel like they're pretty informed. They at that point, right, the first time they get on the call, they're like, "Hey, I want to see a demo." Um, and so how do you balance the prospect's expectations um along with making sure that you're giving like you're doing them justice in a sense of like taking them through a discovery to make sure that things are a good fit. Yeah. It's difficult cuz a lot of times, you know, when we're dealing with uh affiliates and and whatnot, um our marketing yeah. team uh, likes to refer to it as a knife fight <laughs> because that is literally what it, what it feels like at times. Um, you know, we, we, <laughs> we, we do our best. Uh, you know, sometimes, yeah. you know, the discovery is short, <laughs> you know, but we really have to cater to, to them. I think today in this day and age to try to force somebody through a very rigid sales motion, um, you're gonna lose the business. I, I'm I'm a big believer in catering to the customer, right? Using yeah. kind of the the challenger methodologies, where it's you know I'm not necessarily going to let them dictate everywhere where we're going, but it also we can't just force them to abide by our rules either. So it's really it's a uh, you know it's it's too businesses coming together, right? It's B2B at its finest, yeah. right? We're, we're a, a, a solution and service. It's here to partner with your business to make it more effect, uh, you know, effective, efficient, more profitable. And, um, and if you're here and you see what we have is valuable, then, hey, this is a, a great fit. But um, it, it, is, it is definitely more difficult, 
right? Because what we were informing and yeah. some of the data that we were giving customers 10 years ago, uh, they already know. They're coming in and they yeah. already know everything. <laughs> so yeah. it, can, it can certainly be a challenge. You know, and, and I, as I think about that, right, like the, most of the trust is is built in the discovery process, right? It is really where you get to form yourself as like a subject matter expert and um, just really like a seek to understand mentality to make sure that you're selling a product that's going to be a great fit for the customer, right? Because I think a lot of times we as salespeople want someone, a customer to fit in a box and say, hey, this is going to be perfect for you. But ideally, right, like I think there is a technology out there that's perfect. We just got to make sure that as we have conversations and how you're going to use it, make sure these features and benefits are going to fit and, and solve the problems that you're looking to solve. Um, so is, is there other ways that you found that your team is building trust throughout the process because they, they can't have a super in-depth um, discovery in the ones that they can't? You have to be relatable. I, I literally, yeah. I talk about this every single day. You know, if we're talking about hardware and software and points of order entry and back of house, right? Um, yeah. We are not differentiating ourselves, right? And a lot of times that we are talking to prospects, they're looking at our solution going, oh, it's all the same. I just want the best price, right? This yep. is what we deal with on a daily basis. And so in order, I mean, this is, you know, we're going back to sales 101 here. You got to sell yourself. You have to set yourself apart from the competition, right? Telling yeah. stories, making sure people understand that I'm human. I go out to eat. What type of experience do I want to have? I have kids. I don't want to be sitting around waiting yeah. for a bill when my daughter who's three years old is chucking macaroni across the <laughs> restaurant i'm exaggerating but <laughs> when it's time to go it's yeah. time to go right that's a little joke i have with my yeah. wife i'm like hey you know are we having a good time yeah we're having a great time well it's probably time to get out of here and so being able to be relatable yeah. right not being perfect but being someone that someone can see hey this is a human being they have very similar yeah. experiences like me I think just automatically it makes a connection for people, right? Because otherwise, if you literally yeah. are just spitting out F&Bs, uh, we get lost in the crowd, right? It's easy to get lost yeah. in the crowd. It's like, oh, who is that guy? Joshua. Oh, yeah, whoever. <laughs> Whatever company no, 100%. he's with. <laughs> yeah, 100%, right? Like, I think you're right. Sales 101, people buy from who they like, right? Like, Ultimately, we're all um, we're all still human, right? And we're not going to work with people that we don't like. And so maybe sales one on one is be real with the person, be authentically yourself, um, answer the questions, right, and and try to build rapport in that way and being likable, and then making sure that your your features and benefits match what the person's looking for as you're taking them through the demo process is probably like the best way in that sense um, for your use case, like in our. I'm loving it. Loving it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not the best at that. Like I'm a, I'm a people yeah. person, but in terms of the small talk and the schmooze, you know, I'm, I literally am coaching yeah. a guy today and I'm like, Hey, this is what you need to do. And I'm not really the pro, 
But here's a couple of people yeah. on the team who are pros. I want you to go and listen to their calls yeah. and hear how their conversation goes, right? Hear some of the, the points and their their talk track and some of the things that they're hitting on to make sure that the next time that you call, right, that they're going to answer the phone. Because even if they're going with a competitor, yeah. it's better to hear that and not feel like you need to follow up for the next six weeks, get that information, close loss that opportunity and move on, right? Rapport goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe these are, I think, the worst places to stay. Like, we want to sit in yes and no's. And, uh, and ultimately, right, like, it's going to save you time and energy and heartache maybe at the end. Um, and, and definitely help your sales leader uh, with, their, with their heart problems as well because um, ain't nothing worse than missing a forecast. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you talked about small talk, like, and I think that's super important. Uh, it's a super important part, right? Like, I think people jump right into the deal sometimes, but also, right, like, you got to know when it's time to move on. Uh, and it, and it's funny you say that because I think a lot of people have trouble with that. Um, what tips are you giving your team um, that, or, or things that you've seen that have worked the best? I think the more that you can incorporate that sort of small talk within the conversation, yeah. um, it becomes, we're, we're back to this word, it becomes a little bit more authentic. You know, sometimes yeah. when I have vendors who are reaching out to me, you know, I feel like they have this kind of scripted, you know, like, in it's like, hey, this yep. is who I am, and oh, you're a 49ers fan, and I am a Seahawks <laughs> fan, and oh, boo 49ers, right? And so, you know, the more that you can kind of incorporate this and, you know, this is my experience and maybe, you know, finding out, are you married? Do you have kids? Like, what do you like to do in your spare time? You know, the more yeah. that it can kind of be incorporated in the conversation and not and not segmented, right, and isolated into these moments where it's like, oh, and then we're going to have small talk and then I'm going to introduce myself and then I'm going to talk about who our partners are, yeah. right? That's where you start to get into this, like, you know, is this person authentic or is this just their gimmick? Yeah. Is this their flow, right? The more it can kind of flow and you find out that I have kids or that I like to ride motorcycles or that I like to dance or whatever it may be, but the more it can kind of come up casually, and the more we can talk about these things and bonding these things, the more likely it's going to be felt as authentic. Yeah. And, and, you know, you bring up a good point. It's like people like who they like, but they also like commonality. And right. And so I think that's a lot of times difficult to find, especially as you're a remote employee dealing with someone that's on the other side of the United States or maybe in a different part of the world. And so, you know, in this age of the Internet, Everything's online. Like, what what do you think from your end is like too far when it comes to like how much research does someone do on the front end to 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 know a little bit about someone, and at what point do they become a stalker? Oh, that's uh, that's going to be determined based on the individual who's getting. Uh, research <laughs> you know, i don't think there's a i don't think there's think a one size <laughs> one size fits all answer to that it, you know i think for me you could probably it's say all about how it's perceived yeah how it's perceived you know because one person may say oh yeah. 
you know, oh God, you saw, you know, uh, pictures of me from, from high school or something. Whereas somebody else may be like, oh, wow, you saw that I was a, you know, the star QB. <laughs> so I can go either way, right? You say, oh, Todd, I heard you were a cheerleader in college. They'd be like, it's a little weird that you know that. That means you went <laughs> really far back to be able to find some stuff like that. I'm impressed that you took that time, but it's a little weird. <laughs> right but you know what? One of I, those, think... right? I don't know it, it could go either way it could it could i think ultimately though you know if you are if you are stocking a business i think it's usually pretty well received you know hey i see your business especially as it relates to to restaurants um this you know these businesses are are these operators babies and if we can talk about how they you know have a four and a half star rating on Yelp and how the community raves on their tiramisu or, you know, uh, that they give great, you know, customer service, um, that, that, uh, that usually bodes well. But see, I love what, I love what you're bringing up here. And I think it's important to um, bring up because you're saying, Hey, like what we're doing is finding commonality where, where our technology and what the customer cares about matter. And what that means to me is you understand your persona or your ICP that you're selling to. Yep. Right? You're, and you understand them so well that you find a, you found a commonality of something you can talk about and immediate, immediately have a commonality um, and something that they care about. So I love that. And so, like, I would say that that, that approach probably didn't happen immediately. Like, um, as you think back, like, were like how did those stars align and how were you able to better understand the icp and the the persona to the point that you do now well i mean our icp is pretty pretty well defined right um yeah. on the, the cake side independently owned restaurants but um you know stroking an ego that <laughs> That can take you pretty far, right? It doesn't really matter what yeah. you're doing. You don't even need to be in sales for that, right? People like to hear their name. They yeah, like to, yeah. you know, be told that they're doing a great job or that the thing that they're devoting themselves and investing all of their time and energy to is paying off. So, yeah, it's it's pretty easy to connect the dots. I also really on I had some some incredible mentors as well um, that, you know, kind of showed me the ropes. And again, being someone yeah. who brought my, my authentic self and someone who was really thirsty, right? I was, I was craving to be successful and to, to make something of myself that it, it was a great match. You know, someone who was willing to, to feed me and me hungry and willing to pick up anything that I could. Um, so I definitely, uh, you know, give it up to a lot of my, my mentors. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I think having a mentor, um, I wasn't going to say really early on your career is super important, but I think having a mentor throughout your career is really important. And that mentor may change as your seniority changes and as your role changes. And so like, um, I can think back at some mentors of mine that have really helped shape my approach, but I'd love to hear like, uh, what advice like you have to people out there that could be looking for a mentor or, you know, want someone to take a deeper, uh, you know, maybe there's a salesperson at their company and they and they love everything about them, but they they want them to be a little bit more engaged and maybe help 
become a mentor for them? Like, what advice do you have maybe for a young salesperson? I'd love to maybe hear what that looks like. So it it's really it it takes um it takes two because you have to have yeah. someone who wants to learn, right? And then you have to be have someone that wants to be able to to teach, right? And yeah. and when you have those two together, it's it's really magical, right? Because yeah. you have someone who's going to pick up and listen to everything that that is being bestowed on them. And you have someone that's really ready to pour themselves into somebody else. Because if you have one person that's like, I really want to learn and I really want to learn from this person, but that person isn't really that interested in helping me excel or get to the next level, you know, it's not going to take you far. Right. You're, you're not necessarily going to get the things that you need unless you have someone, you know, a counterpart who is willing to kind of match that energy. Right. So it's really it's two people. It's two people coming to the table and feeling like they have something to gain. Right. And I agree with you 100 percent. Right. There's there's mentors at at every state. There's things that I can do today for people who are younger in their careers the same way that there's things that I can learn from my, you know, executive leadership team. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Man, you know, I think about some of the times that I've had some of those relationships and what I think has made it work for me is finding a win-win solution, right? Like, because ultimately you think about the person that's above you that, you know, they're spending time with you. And so I've got to figure out how do I make it a win for this person? Um, Just like I'm getting a win on my end and them helping and giving me advice. And so if I can find a win-win solution, then a lot of times that's when the stars align, right? And, And I think to your point, right? Those two people getting together and magic happens. But it's really where you find those, only when you can find those win-win solutions where maybe those those stars align. Um, but I think you got, you, you're going to have to use your brain for that one out there. I don't think we can help you solve. That's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not something we can solve today. Um, man, any advice for the leaders out there that are that are like, looking to build more trust with their team and um and like implement some of the strategies that we've talked about today i think being open uh which i mentioned before being open to feedback you know one of the things that is you know i mentioned kind of my one-on-ones don't necessarily look the same uh you know my team syncs don't necessarily look the same from week to week but i will tell you there is one thing that i ask on every single call and that is what is what is it that you need from me, right? What can I give you that's going to help you hit your goal, get what you need, whatever that may be? Um, yeah. Because I think it's really important. And I'm not talking about this, you know, kind of hokey open door policy, but like, really, really, what is it that you yeah. need, right? Because it may not even be work related. But I, I, I really feel by like setting that tone so true. And, and, and helping people understand that like I know that I'm not perfect. In fact, I can be hard to work with sometimes, yeah. right? But it's <laughs> not because of it's not because of a lack of of love. In fact, it's the opposite. It's not like, a lack of I love yeah. Not a lack of empathy. It's like I I love and I 
lead with love and I lead with this passion, but I'm also a fiery individual. So it's kind of like working through all that so that you know when I'm coming at you and it feels fiery, it's like, in my opinion, the leaders that don't care don't give that, right? They'll just kind of pull back, realize, okay, this may not necessarily – you may not have what it takes, right? You may not be cut from the the right cloth. So instead of pouring myself into you, I'm just going to sit back. And I know in three weeks you'll be on a pit and eventually we'll be – right? Severing ties because you're not really someone that I see as getting the job done versus actually helping someone get there. So I think it's really about coming to the table and and being open for for progressive movement, right? For everybody to get better. It's not just about the IC getting better. It's about us getting together getting better together, right? As an organization. Yeah. No, that's spot on, right? And and to have that uh, continuous effort, uh, this the culture of continuous effort, like it takes uh, our continuous improvement, right? It takes effort every single day to make sure that we're always improving and always getting better. And I think you're spot on there, right? Is um, being able to have those transparent conversations and, and really like leading with love. You're right, right? Like, the leaders out there that um that are spending the time with their team, right? Like um those are the ones that care the most. And and I would say to the I would say this to the to the sales salespeople and to the leaders, right? Let's put our money is where our mouth is. Um and what I mean by that is like if you're a sales leader, like if if you want to lose weight and you're not spending any time in the gym, I would say to you, you don't care about losing weight. So you know, to all the people out there that says, hey, my sales leader doesn't 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 care. Right? They're not spending um, you know, whether that's two hours or three hours or even if it's an hour, that doesn't mean your sales sales leader's spending time on you. And they're not spending time on you for no reason. It's because they do care and they want you to be as successful as possible. And the flip side, right? If you're not spending enough time with your team, they know it, right? They know how much time um is in a day, they know how much time you're spending with them, and so if you're not spending the time you need with your team to make them better, like what are you doing as a sales leader, right? Because we, I know we can all get caught up in leadership meetings. We can all get caught up um, in the meetings about meetings. But ultimately, I think us as as leaders, right? Like it's 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 two things, right? It's it's our hit our goals, and it's to make our salespeople as as best as we can. If yeah. we can do those two things, I think we killed it. Yeah. Anything to add on your end? What you think? No, I think that's that's spot on, you know. Um and that's a lot of the learning that I'm doing on a on a day to day basis is just uh yeah. you know, just being open, um constantly asking for feedback because I do desire to get better. Um and and holding the team accountable and that's why I love sales because it's objective, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you brought something up and I want to call it out because I think it's something that none of us, I think I think nobody does this enough, right? And I think it's, it's something I implemented in my one-on-ones and it's the idea of us getting better, right? And so you ask the, in the one-on-ones, 
hey, is there anything I can do to help you? Um, is there anything I can do for you, right? One thing that I added to my conversations, because I love that question, but I also asked, is there anything I can do? Is there anything that I can do to be like a better manager? Like, is there anything I can do to improve on my end? Because not only am I going to, how I was unfair for me to say, hey, these are all the ways that you can improve, but I'm fucking perfect. So, <laughs> but I'm going to put it, I'm going to turn it back to you and say, hey, how can, how can I be a better manager to you, right? Like, is there something that I'm doing um, where you don't feel supported enough? Or, right, is there something that you think I can do to improve? And it's surprising to hear the things that um, that you get back from those. Um, because that's, yeah. I think that's really where you show the vulnerability to your team and say, look, I'm not perfect either, right? And I think you brought it up, right? I'm not perfect. I'm, I, but I, I've, I've been doing this a little bit longer, and I, I've kind of seen what's worked and what's not worked. Um. And yeah, yeah and it, I think different. it I think it comes down to just that that individual's preference on communication. I've had some reps yeah. where they kind of feel like they need me to come in and kick ass, you know? And they respond yeah. well to that. And they're like, "Yeah, yes, we're like, come in, kick my ass." Kind of kind of thing where <laughs> other people are a little bit like they're not ready for that. You know, yeah. and so it's really about understanding that individual, just like with any relationship, right? This is really no different than any other relationship, right? How do we coexist? How do we, yeah. right, work together in harmony to achieve a shared goal, right? We're all aligned here. We all want to see the same thing, right? I want to see you yeah. succeed as much as you want to see you succeed, right? So how do we how do we do that? And ultimately, how do I cater my communication and leadership skills to your personality? Because you're the one ultimately that's dealing with the customer. You're ultimately the one that, you know, I want to have feeling like a rock star, right? On there on the phone, yeah. feeling successful and bringing that that positive mindset, right? And leading with that. Yeah, no. Couldn't have said it better myself. I think that is spot on. This has been a great conversation. I think a, a ton of people are going to get a lot out of it. Yeshua, where can people follow up with you and like connect with you um, if they want to after this podcast? LinkedIn. I am, uh, LinkedIn. I am, I am a millennial, barely. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't do social media, man. I don't. I don't have time for that. <laughs> so you can find me on yeah, LinkedIn. I love it. Uh, um, yeah, connect with me, Yeshua Bell, and uh, be happy to uh, to chat. And um, I can tell you from my conversations with Yeshua, he actually means that. So reach out to me if you have any questions, man. He, um, this has been super fun. And Yeshua, man, this is another episode of How the Grades Do It. We appreciate you, bro.